Hey, listener, Underdog Fantasy is the easiest place to play fantasy sports. Also, the fastest growing fantasy app in the industry. You can play Pick'em. Pick whether your favorite players will have a higher or lower total in each stat for this week's games for a chance to win big. You can actually win up to 100 times your money in a single night. That's right. I didn't say 10. I didn't say 20. Up to 100 times your money. Pick between two and five players. Build a pick them entry. My favorite feature, you can make rivals picks. Hit two players against each other. Wembenyama versus Nikola Jokic. Tim Hardaway Jr. versus Norm Powell. Kawhi Leonard. Versus Steph Curry. Who knows? Maybe Grayson Allen versus Pat Connaughton. You get where I'm going with that. You can do it all with Underdog Fantasy. Make sure you sign up today with the promo code DING. That's D-I-N-G. And get your first deposit doubled up to $100 as well as an instant Pick'em special. Visit underdogfantasy.com or find them in the app store. And don't forget to register with our promo code DING, D-I-N-G, to get your first deposit doubled up to $100 as well as an instant Pick'em special. Must be 18 or older and present in a state where Underdog Fantasy operates. Terms apply. Concerned with your play? Call 1-800-522-4700 or visit www.ncpgambling.org. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to the latest edition of the Woke Bros. Of course, I'm your co-host, Big Waz, coming to you from the Las Vegas Strip. Live, Ooh. baby. Which hotel? <laughs> Which hotel? I'm at the I'm at the MGM, baby. You Ooh. you know I could I could divulge the location because you can't find me in here. Yeah, this no. place is a freaking labyrinth. It's insane. Of course, my boy. Are you back from Miami, Nando? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm back in LA. Back on the west side of Los Angeles, our guy Nando Vila. What's going on, brother? Let's do it. We should do a live Vegas show one day for the Woke Bro Nation. Absolutely. We should just go I'm to sure Vegas. We need to get and some just... people to come out. Yeah, we'll do it at the Pepper Mill Lounge. Even or if it's cool 20 like of us, let's get yeah. together. Let's do it. Yeah. Yeah. Let's plot the Vegas. revolution yeah. <laughs> and yeah, then go yeah, play yeah. some blackjack. Fuck yeah. Fuck yeah. <laughs> um, of course, I'm out here for the NBA in-season tournament, the first of its kind. I, j- I literally sprinted over to my room from uh, the T-Mobile Arena. Uh, Pacers and Bucks, just a very thrilling game. Tyrese Halliburton is a star. After this, I'm going to go back to go watch the Lakers play the Pelicans. But, um, yeah, Nando, we wanted to do get, get an episode in here for y'all, year-end special. Um, obviously, you're a Hollywood mover and shaker. Um, <laughs> and so we we wanted to do, you know, uh, talk about our, our favorite movies of the year. Yeah. Um, Nando went so far as to even put a letterbox together and rank the movies he's seen this year, like the true letterbox bro that he is. And um, yeah, we're gonna talk about them. I'm I'm not gonna lie, I haven't seen as many movies as Nando, obviously, because I'm not as big a movie buff, but I've seen a few and would definitely like to get into it. But um, right off the top, man, because we haven't talked about this on the show nando obviously we talked about it when we hung out but number one with a bullet oppie oppenheimer 
Gotta be RP. So I mean, I think so fucking good, dude. It's so fucking good. And like, okay, I mean, I guess what, what I'll start by saying is overall, I think it's been an incredible movie year. Like, it's been one yes. of the best movie best years. Best since 2019. In, yeah, easily since best since 2019. Um, but I, I think this is going to go down as a pretty memorable year. Um, mm-hmm. It just so happened that a bunch of kind of great, Big dogs, directors, great big dogs, historic big dogs um, had movies this year. Um, it all kind of came together um, into this just a, yeah, like a really incredible year. And it, it it has also coincided with, for me, the long awaited, but for other people, the, the very sad death of certainly the superhero genre, um, mm. which has been dominant in the last 10, yeah. 15 years. Um yeah. And for the first time, uh, you know, the top three grossing movies of the year were not uh, superhero movies. Um, Crazy. You know? Or not superhero movies or not the second installment of of some franchise IP garbage. Yeah. You know, it's not some Indiana Jones for the 28th time. Yeah, you know, this time with Jude Law, something stupid like yeah. that. You know, I don't think Jude Law's in one, but you know what I mean. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. these are just original movies, and even Barbie is IP, obviously. Yeah, like, but Barbie, but it's IP. I, when they say IP, like Barbie is a brand. It's not like I mean, I guess yes. it's technically IP, but it's not like they're taking, you know, a a, a comic book that has a story, a story and a character and a backstory, exists. like right. Barbie is an original movie by all in, for all intents mm-hmm. and purposes, just with a brand attached to it. No one, there's no story behind the Barbie doll, you know. Nope. There's no the nothing. story like, was basically Greta Gerwig and her husband, Noah yeah. Baumbach, <laughs> two yeah. of the most talented writers in the whole freaking industry. And they came together to tell it. But yeah, we don't we're not getting into Barbie because this is an Oppenheimer podcast. We're yeah. Oppenheimer <laughs> household. We're bros. Nando. We're bros. We're, we're bros. bros. We're yeah, bros. I mean, Oppenheimer, I mean, I'm, you know, I, I, I like Christopher Nolan a lot. Yeah, like before I, you I, get into that, what's your relationship with Nolan? Cause you know, I mean, I, I like him. He has a lot of people that love him. Yeah, and there are people that are like super skeptical. Where do you fall on well, that continuum? I'm, I I generally like him a lot. Um, you know, the thing is, I I find I find myself, and I don't know if it's just because I'm an insufferable, uh, you know, uh, contrarian or whatever, but I tend to love the movies of his that are are not the ones that other people i mean i think most people you didn't love... like tenet don't lie you didn't like tenet. <laughs> no no i'm not talking about tenet i'm talking about more <laughs> i'm talking more that i just i didn't love the dark knight or the dark knight mm. right you know like i mean i like those movies don't get me wrong like i'm not i'm not hating on those movies but they're not they're not the i, I wasn't like you know i don't rewatch them a million times and no, i'm obsessed yeah. with them and you know no the bane um, one was terrible the other two i really yeah. liked yeah um like i liked them i was like impressed by them um and there's actually a funny reading of oppenheimer that it's like you know christopher nolan is he he himself is oppenheimer and oppenheimer created the bomb you know and, mm, and superhero movie with, right and, uh, and then christopher nolan <laughs> created the modern superhero movie and and, <laughs> and transformed the culture and the movie and business and, into only superhero yeah. movies um <laughs> Uh, but, uh, so you know, I, I love Dunkirk. Like I love Dunkirk. I think Dunkirk's an incredible movie. Um, Excellent movie. Uh, 
I love Interstellar. Um, you know, I, 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 I just think like Interstellar is fucking awesome. Um, and, and yeah, like I, I love, I love Christopher Nolan's movies, but Oppenheimer, when, when I saw that he was doing Oppenheimer, it immediately clicked for me, like what a great idea for a Christopher Nolan movie, because it is, it is underrated in a way how, how important Oppenheimer was as a figure in human history, <laughs> you know, like we, we we're so used to the atomic age that we don't really, we can't really process just how big of a seismic shift that was that, mm -hmm. that at one point human beings could split the atom, um, and what that means. Um, and, and it was, and it was Oppie who did it. And I fucking loved Oppenheimer. I think, uh, I, 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 I just thought it was, I just thought it was just an incredible achievement. The fact that it was so weird and so almost avant-garde, like it almost, it almost mm. felt it's so unconventional as a movie. Like it doesn't follow the formulaic plot beats of a biopic or anything like that. It just, it is completely its own original thing. Um, and yet it still made a billion dollars and was like a huge phenomenon and people loved it mm -hmm. and saw it over and over again and, and gross, like it's, it's just, it's hard to describe just, it's hard to overstate how remarkable it was as a box. I think we've gotten used to it now, like we've processed it, but it, if you would have shown me Oppenheimer as a person who's in the industry, I would have been like, I love this movie, but this is going to flop. Nobody's going to go see this. This yeah. is going to flop. Mm -hmm. Like, what are you talking about? The last hour is like this, like yeah. weird little chamber drama uh in which we're by the way i'm into the last hour by the way love the last hour people who who hate on the last hour yeah, oh children. it's overdone oh yeah. the the movie had already ended we didn't you're wrong you're super wrong yeah and we'll get into why you're wrong yeah um and um yeah so so i loved oppenheimer i mean i i i i i will rewatch oppenheimer i saw it three times in theaters not not because like i was mm. like a, a nerd about it but i saw like i i just just for happenstance like when i was you know, I went back to Miami. My dad wanted to see it. So I went to see it with my dad. And then like, you know, it was kind of, there's yeah. situations where I was like, yeah, sure. I'll, I'll go see it. It wasn't like, I was like, oh, I need to go see this a million times. But the experience of seeing Oppenheimer at the Chinese theater in 70 millimeter IMAX um, was one of the more fun movie going experiences. We were, we all just walked out of there like buzzing. I went with a group of guys and then we went to Musso and Frank after, and we just had a fucking <laughs> great time LA. talking about it. And I was like, <laughs> yeah, this is like what it, this is like what living in LA is. So yeah. Oppenheimer number one. Um, if you, I mean, the fact again, the fact that it's be, it was such a box office sensation, which would usually make me skeptical of a movie, you know, Same. because I have that weird kind of like. If but you watch the movie though, Nando. Yeah. Like, and, it, and it's it's just smarter about all of it, right? Like, it's it, so a lot of times when we watch movies about these great figures from history, like for instance, um, I'm listening, I'm listening to the blowback podcast from our boys over there. Um, yeah. shouts to Noah Cohen. And they're talking about the, the Afghanistan war, both of them, our war, meaning the American war plus the Russian war in the eighties. And, you know, they give it like a, a, a very vivid depiction of Charlie Wilson. Right. And obviously you guys know there's a movie called Charlie Wilson's War where Tom Hanks plays this, you know, dude and, you know, Julia Roberts is in it and Charlie Wilson is this hero and blah, blah, blah. And a lot of times when we get these historical actual figures about 
you know, quote unquote, important things that happen in our time. If you go back and watch that movie, we're getting propaganda from the State oh. Department, y'all. And I and like, I remember it, like, enjoying that movie a little bit, but I was like, I reckon because I can I can separate. Like, you know, Dunkirk is is a very right wing movie. Like, I just you know I can but I can separate <laughs> that. You know, yeah. And, and like, a lot of times we're getting these movies, and and you know we're getting propagandized. Like a motherfucker. Um, yeah. Oppenheimer, why I enjoyed it. And I've heard people's critique where it's like, oh, Christopher Nolan, you know, he really buys into this theory of the, you know, great men of history, blah, 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 blah. And to me, honestly, I think the first half of the movie is <laughs> the great man of history theory. And then the second, the ending tears that apart. Tears there it are apart. No great men. How do they not there get There are that? no great men. The system will the system fucking wins. destroy you. Yeah. The system will fucking tear you to shreds the second you fall out of line. So yeah. you can't be great. You can be yeah. great in a way that the system wants you to and allows you to. But the, the second you go against that, which is which I thought was important, Nando, because obviously there's a lot of red baiting in the movie. Um they don't go crazy into sort of the merits of Marxism or socialism or, you know, definitely well, not but communism. Even, but they were more, they were more sophisticated about, first of all, exactly. the fact that they even got into it in is the way they did. Crazy. It, it, again, in a mainstream American, like it's crazy. top three grocer in America, like they're going deep on, on the American communist party and, 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 you know, uh, Oppenheimer's mansplaining Marx to, uh, to Florence Pugh. You know what I mean? Like yeah, that shit was like, quiet. <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> and then saying, I have become that destroyer of worlds as she's sticking his dick in her pussy. And it was, yeah. it was like fucking Nolan, you maniac. <laughs> He's sick. He's sick. He is uh, sick. Don't, the sex scenes, and a lot of people complain about the sex scenes. It's, it's a little off, like... Let's face it, uh, Christopher Nolan is no like Brian De Palma, right? Like he's not yeah. like that freaky. He's yeah, trying yeah, yeah. to like he, he don't yeah. he don't really understand being freaky for real. But yeah. he's like, you know what? Well, his idea of being freaky movie. is like, let me read Hindu fucking Sanskrit. <laughs> like david fincher who's another freakazoid right yeah. like whatever nolan is like a buttoned up brit we get it but i thought the movie was excellent at yeah. like yes this guy was great but you know what's greater the fucking system yeah. the system's gonna kill these, you these, you these anonymous bureaucrats like robert downey jr i had never heard of that guy i don't know if he's a real yep. guy i'd never fucking heard of him like i don't know who the fuck that yep. is he's an unimportant guy um yep. yeah you know, like these bureaucrats are really the ones who kind of make the world go around. I mean, I think is the yep. message of the movie in a way. Um, yeah. Hello, listener. Guess who's back? It's me, Anthony Mays, your favorite butcher turned podcast producer. And I'm here to talk to you about Butcher Box. Butcher Box is the most convenient way to get high quality meat and seafood that you can trust delivered straight to your doorstep free shipping, vacuum sealed packaging. It's ready to go right then. It's ready to pop in the freezer. You get exclusive member deals and a variety of high quality cuts at an amazing value. Going to the grocery store can be a huge pain. You're usually in a rush at an inconvenient time. 
you're waiting in line at the meat counter. You're taking a number. Maybe this place doesn't have a number. You're jostling with fellow customers. You're trying to get that ribeye that you want or that nice piece of salmon. Maybe the butcher that you're dealing with has a bad attitude or something. I don't know. That was never me. I promise. But maybe it happens. Butcher box takes all of that out of the picture. You are always prepared with meat and seafood in the freezer, and you're not going to find quality for this price anywhere else other than ButcherBox. So sign up at butcherbox.com dings, D-I-N-G-S, and get our special deal. ButcherBox is offering our listeners a free for a year offer plus an additional $20 off. You can choose salmon, chicken breast, or steak tips free in every order for a year. Sign up today at butcherbox.com dings and use code dings, D-I-N-G-S, to choose your free for a year offer plus get $20 off your first order. Yeah, and, and again, a movie about... You know the red scare red baiting about it and you know again I, I thought it was effective to talk about communism socialism marxism collectivism um in terms of this guy who did this great thing for the u.s government and he tried to go against them by himself and he got crushed you can't do it alone y'all like you're not beating these people by yourself you will not buck the system you will not change it from within you will fall in line and you will get crushed and I'm, I'm sorry, the movie was very effective in explaining that. And Oppenheimer would have known that had he really been a, a commie and not a, a not a New Deal Democrat, as he says in the movie, which is in one of the funniest <laughs> moments of the movie when when, when Matt Damon's like, you're a suspected communist. He goes, like, I'm a New Deal Democrat. He's like, I said suspected. <laughs> <laughs> just just a fantastic movie um i can't wait to watch it again honestly because you know again the, the 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 brilliance of the silence after the bomb hits and it's just so freaking excellent um i agree with you obviously um my favorite movie that i watched this year we we did a lot of killers talk um if you've gone to the movies at all this year you've seen a lot of previews for the holdovers um yeah. and it felt like a really hokey nice wholesome holiday movie why is it your second movie on your list nando well uh, so i'm a little biased because i know the producer of the movie a guy okay. named mark johnson uh, who's one of the, my favorite people that i've ever worked with um he's a kind of legendary producer he produced rain man uh mm. which was which at the time which is crazy to think about rain man was the highest grossing movie of that year i think it was 1986 Number one grocer that year was Rain Man. Uh, it's a different wow. era. And, and it won the Best Picture Oscar. Um, and so he produced uh, this movie. And, and I saw a very, uh, I saw an early cut of it about a year ago. Um, and I remember just thinking like, oh my God, like I cannot wait till people see this movie. Like it is, it is one of the, you know, you know when you watch a movie that's just fully satisfying, like it's completely mm. satisfying on every level. Like it is, funny it's sweet it's poignant it's 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 like it's kind of feel good without being saccharine like it doesn't make you feel cheap um it's got a just enough edge you know but it's it, but it's also it's like not so edgy that you like you can't watch it with your whole family or whoever like there's no one that can watch the holdovers and be like i didn't like that movie i mean it's just mm. it's just a really it's just a thoroughly complete and good fucking well-made movie 
like the kind that you know how you always say like they don't make them like they used to this really does feel like a throwback to a people always say people are comparing it a lot to these 70s movies because it's set in 1970s and in 1970 and has this kind of 70s look to it but, but to me it reminds me of the movies of the early 90s where they had mm-hmm. a lot of these kind of prep school movies um yep. dead poet dead, society yeah, sense ties. of a woman yeah, yeah. exactly mm-hmm. it's that it's more it's more in that genre um but be- i think it's better than all of those like it's just mm, it's so wow. so good I mean, if you, people don't remember this is alexander payne who's one of the best directors uh in the last you know 30 years he did uh he did sideways with paul giamatti he did he did election one of the best movies of the 90s he did um about schmidt nebraska the descendants like he's just banger after banger after banger and his last movie was a movie called downsizing which was a huge flop it was his most expensive movie and it was like a big big time flop with matt damon um and so i think he was like kind of a little bit in director jail like it's been a while since he's come out with a movie mm. and this one is just a, such a return to to form for him and paul giamatti's amazing there's a young kid he's always named, amazing he's always amazing he's gonna get nominated for best actor 100 percent. and then there's a the young kid in it who had never acted before um and he plays like the kid the main kid that paul giamatti's kind of over like, taking care of and he's incredible in it um and it's it, and it's just it's fucking great like it's just a thoroughly enjoyable movie that i think you know people have been saying it and i think it's true that it's kind of like an instant holiday classic like, it's the kind of movie that you can watch every christmas if you wanted you know um it's going to be in the rotation of christmas movies like when's the last time you could say that about a movie that came out recently um yeah that's yeah. incredible um i saw the like every time i would watch the preview i'm like this is something i would watch but it's like i feel like i've seen this movie before right like yeah. a bunch of misfits get together and they realize they love each other and you make your own family and blah 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 blah. but we know those beats but when it's well done obviously you know i'm sure there were a bunch of tearjerker moments in the movie where people not but it's not but it's not but it's it's it yes but not like in a not like in a cheap way a hokey you know? sort of way not, not a hokey way it feels very it feels very earned and it doesn't feel like you don't feel gross about it or like, I like that. um it's not even as cheesy as son of a woman can be sometimes you know like um it's not it doesn't it's not dripping in cheese it's like cooler than that you know i love that uh, so yeah that's my second favorite. that's my number two of the year number uh, two we're gonna jump around but i did want to point yeah jump around out. jump around we're gonna um I wanted to talk to people and Nando hasn't seen this, but it's a movie called She Came to Me and starring Peter Dinklage, Marissa Tomei, and Anne Hathaway, who um is having quite the year. Um, I guess people are like realizing that like she's pretty excellent actress. I think Anne Hathaway and and I'm one of those people, like I'm very put off by tryhards, like people who outwardly like make sure everybody knows that they put a lot of effort and, you know, like they really care and, you know, they really studied and like they really book it. Like I really get annoyed by people who make that their brand and, and Anne Hathaway has rubbed me that way in the past, but I'll be damned if she just isn't just incredible every time she's on screen. And in this movie, uh <laughs> she plays Peter Dinklage of Game of Thrones, the imp. She plays his wife. He's a playwright. He's a successful playwright, but he's got like this one mega hit and he's and he's like sort of in a slump and he's trying to find his groove again. Um he, not a playwright, excuse me, a composer, a creative type, sorry. Um he plays a composer and you know, he's trying to write his next great symphony. 
and she sends him out into the world to be like, yo, you need to go out and find inspiration. And he finds it in the form of Marissa Tomei and hijinks ensue. I just think it's a great movie, great New York movie. Oh, nice. uh, obviously, Peter Dinklage is a very, you know, versatile guy. Marissa Tomei, Brooklyn girl, <laughs> God's favorite. I love her, uh, of course. And yes, yeah, it's, it's a small movie. You know what I mean? Um, you know, low budget indie type of situation, but I think it's worth people uh checking oh, out. Yeah. Um it's directed by Rebecca Miller. Um we'll Mando, I wanted to jump around with you because I'm curious because Priscilla, yeah, directed by Sofia Coppola, of course, Francis yeah. Ford Coppola's esteemed daughter. <laughs> More relevant to me, honestly, Nando, the inspiration for the movie Her. <laughs> Yeah, Spike Jones made that movie after they broke up. <laughs> well, after she made the movie about him in Lost in Translation, it's like that's mm. a, some great drama over there. And he was like, "I make a movie about some, that." I got some for that ass. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and so, her one of my favorite movies of all time. Talk about such a good movie. Seeing the future in HD. Such a good movie. My yeah. God, excellent. Spike Jones, make another movie, fam. Jesus. Fucking a, um, man. talk to me about Priscilla, man. What'd you think? I thought Priscilla was an excellent movie. Really, 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 really well done. Um, you know, Sofia Coppola just has that kind of that kind of touch for this specific kind of movie. I mean, it's a very small movie. Um, it really is a, a about the biopic standards, right? Definitely. Like, I mean, you can tell. Like, most of it takes place in in like in rooms in, in rooms in 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 what's supposed to be Graceland, but really is a set, I think, in Canada somewhere. Um, and I just thought that the performances were really strong. Um, I thought that the direction was really confident and, you know, it's the kind of movie that if they described it to you, you'd be like kind of eye rolly about it, but it's done with such, um, finesse and such a, and such a deft touch that it never falls into cheap moralism, you know, because like, mm. you know, Elvis like groomed Priscilla, basically. I mean, she was like 15 when they met or 14 wow. or some shit. Like she was a fucking teenager, you know? Um, and he was already a big star. And she was obviously like, oh, my God, it's Elvis Presley, you know, <laughs> like um, and he's like inviting her around. And and so it's really a movie about a guy who is, uh, you know, not the most emotionally uh, stable person, kind of a manipulator, like a lot of celebrities, um, you know, kind mm -hmm. of a narcissist um, who is who is basically grooming this girl who sort of i mean the, the the i think maybe the reason why sofia coppola was attracted to 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 this story is because throughout priscilla kind of knows that she's being manipulated like she's she's not dumb she's not unwise to what's going on you know but again it's just it's there's no like easy answer for it there's no there's no kind of cheap message there's no so i just thought it was like a very mature movie um that handled a kind of complicated subject with a lot of um dexterity and specificity that i thought was just really impressive i mean again like in in lesser hands like with a worse director this movie would have been just like a really boring kind of one note uh thing about you know, uh, a, a guy you know a problematic relationship in you know that <laughs> that was just but again i just thought i thought it was impressive i mean it's it's you know it's it's, it's it's not like necessarily like a movie made for guys like us, if that makes sense. You know, like it's not, yeah. <laughs> but you can, you can appreciate it because it's just so, so well done, you know? 
So when we talked about Killers of the Flower Moon, um, we talked about the fact that this isn't Marty's bag, right? This subject matter, these people, he's telling somebody else's story. Um, and you could feel not apprehension or tentativeness, but he's being careful in the way that he tells the story. This isn't just unvarnished Marty, no. right? Um, this isn't Goodfellas, right? Um, where Marty is just like, you know, it's riding a bike for him. It's interesting to hear you say the opposite about Sophia Coppola telling this story because obviously she's Francis Ford Coppola's daughter. Um, she's been around these types of people yeah. for a while. Um, she knows this world very well. Um, and obviously she's made herself, her herself has become a prominent woman in the entertainment industry and so she knows she understands the baggage and the weight of that and so yeah and her first that, and her breakout hit was lost in translation which is about a a, a kind of a, it's not it's nowhere near as problematic a relationship as priscilla nelvis but it is a relationship between like it's like a 30 or 40 year age gap relationship mm. you know also um, spike uh, jones know. is just like way older than her no, 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 no. It's the relationship between her and, and or, or uh, Scarlett Johansson and Bill Murray in the movie. Oh, you know? oh, okay. yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm still on the her this yeah, is no, Spike no, no. Jones shit. No, 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 no. <laughs> she just makes fun of Spike Jones through the Giovanni Ribisi character in Lost in Translation. But no, it's like, you know, and in that, it's it's one of those things that like it's it's one of those movies that someone told you about. If someone pitched you, it's like, oh, it's about a relationship between a, you know, fifty or sixty mm-hmm. or fifty-five year old. You know, movie star and a 19 year old girl um you're like huh you know what i mean but like in both movies the women are are completely in control in a way not not as sure. much of priscilla as in lost in translation obviously but they're aware of what's going on they're not just completely manipulated and 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 good so like it, it makes sense this is kind of like a capstone for that she loves she loves these kind of relation i don't know for, for whatever reason <laughs> yeah we know Um, okay. The last movie we want to talk about, um, um, how do you pronounce this Mexican joint, Nando? Which one? Heroic. 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 Great movie. Um, this is a, um, a a movie by- Is it in Spanish? It's in Spanish. Um, Mm -hmm. but the way I would describe this movie is it's Mexican full metal jacket. Um, the first half of full metal jacket. It all takes place on a Mm -hmm. military base in Mexico. And uh, it's like a training, like a it's a bunch of grunts, you know, uh, that that show up um, to basic training essentially. Um, and then there's the senior officers, or not the senior, the junior officers who have to train them are like absolutely brutal. You know what I mean? <laughs> um, and and it, it almost has even more of an edge, if you could even say that, than Full Metal Jacket. Um, wow! In that there's an element that you start getting the sense that some of these junior officers are involved in some sort of criminal activity where because they're trained you know military officers they op- they sometimes go out in the middle of the night with a bunch of guns and you know put on like a ski mask and you know right and, right 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 and they're slowly starting to recruit this guy to be part of their crew essentially a gang within the the Mexican military and start like kind of coercing him to do bad shit that he doesn't want to do. And then when this guy tries to speak up, you know, the, the military brass are just kind of, yeah, we know know, how that goes. You know how that goes, but it's just a fucking awesome movie. It's so well done. Um, It's a Mexican movie. It's probably, I don't even know where you could see it now because I saw it at, I saw it at Sundance last year. 
Um, but I'm sure if you really, if you really tried, you can find it. Um, it's just a hidden gem movie for me. Um, not, it didn't get a lot of, uh, attention or anything like that, but I, I promise you, if you watch that movie, it's incredibly powerful. It sticks the landing so hard. The ending is so cool. Um, it's just a, it's just a really, really good movie. If you want to, if you, if you kind of like the full metal jacket vibe, the first half, you're going to love this one. That's like my, uh, Roger Ebert kind of, uh, <laughs> on that. I love it. Well, ladies and gentlemen, that's our show for today. Um, shouts to everybody who's listening, man, this entire year. Uh, we really appreciate you guys fucking with us, supporting what we do. Of course, if you can, for a cup of coffee a month, become a Patreon at patreon.com backslash count the dings. Shouts to my man, John Gervais on the ones and threes. Always keeping the trains running on time, man. We will see you guys soon. Peace. Later.